Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Board Games FM. It is Wednesday, January 31st of 2018. I'm Jeremiah Isley, and as always, Board Games FM is powered by TheologyofGames.com. Head on over to TheologyofGames.com where you can find out all kinds of things about the board game industry, including two other podcasts that we host on that site, and just all kinds of fun stuff. Oh, yeah, and we relaunched our cool uh, Take Two review series on YouTube as well. So lots of things going on at TheologyOfGames.com. Hope you uh, are enjoying all of that. Excuse me. And uh, I just wanted to kick this morning off. I've got some stuff that I'm going to bring up later on today. I'm about to walk in to do a show this morning. Uh, My day job is doing live theater and so forth. So I'm about to go do that for some school kids. But... I have a couple Kickstarters that I wanted to talk about because I'm really excited about them and uh, I'll be bringing more about those a little bit later on this morning slash afternoon. But as we get ready for that, I thought I would ask you guys, what Kickstarters are you excited about? Uh, what have we missed? What don't, don't we know about? Are you running a Kickstarter? Let us know. We're just going to use today as kind of uh, a Kickstarter launching pad platform to kind of sell yourself or a a Kickstarter that you're excited about. So as always, we ask that you use the call-in feature here on the Anchor app, or you can tweet at us at theologyofgames. Or at theologyofgames, there's no.com, but uh, just do that. Hit us up. Let us know what you are backing or what you think we should back or what you're running, and we will get this conversation rolling. Thanks so much for tuning in to Board Games FM. We'll be back with more today. Stay tuned. I'm Jeremiah Isley, and we'll talk to you soon. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to Board Games FM. Powered by Theology of Games. This is AJ Skifstad doing a follow-up on Quest for Eldorado by Reiner Knizia and Ravensburger Games. Um, I've talked about this game in the past. Scott talked about it first, and he actually turned me on to this game um, recently. And I really, really like this game. I had talked about in a previous broadcast about how I've played it only with two players, and I've had a phenomenal time with two players but I can see that the game was meant for three or four. So if it's great with two players, but it needs three, but it really does, if it looks like it's even going to be better with three or four, that's fantastic. That's fantastic for a game to play well with two players, but do even better with three or four. I finally got a chance to play it with three players last night, and the stress level was a lot higher. The complexity of the game was a lot higher due to the amount of strategy that you had to use to get to the finish line. Quest for Eldorado is a race to find Eldorado first. Um, You're moving along hexagon tiles or hexagon spaces with either machetes, paddles, money, or discarding cards from your hand. It's a deck building game and um, you're going to have explorers who uh, use machetes to get through uh, the the foresty areas. You're going to have sailors and captains to get you through the watery areas and there's going to be some treasured areas as well that you need to use money to go to and there's a couple others but um, to spare you all the details of the game I'll get to the point which is this game is fun it's fast it takes a lot of elements of other games and puts them together really really nicely Um, I've just had a blast with this game I know my wife Rachel has and like I said we played it with three players last night and 
it was it was great. So um, if you haven't checked out Quest for Eldorado yet, do it. I think you're really going to like it. Also, um, it will be coming up on our uh, podcast from Theology of Games. I'm not sure that our top 10 of 2017 is up yet. We've done the recording. Um, I'm not sure if we've posted it yet. So be on the lookout for um, Theology, Theology of Games, uh, top 10 games of 2017, um, and see where I ranked Quest for Eldorado at. On another note, I am a music teacher at an elementary school, and um, towards the end of the year, uh, I'm done with all my concerts and things like that, and fortunately, I have a late winter concert this year, which is really my spring concert, but when I get done with that, I will not be rehearsing my choir at recess anymore. During the recess hour, I will have some availability, and uh, it's been on my mind for a while to create an educational game group with some of my fourth graders. Um, <laughs> it's like a, it's like a win-win situation. I get to play some games, but um, I also get to teach some kids how to play some games, introduce them to the hobby, but more than that, uh, help them to find some educational value in some of these games. So, my question today is, what are some games of educational value? Number one, specifically for fourth graders, um, I'm not talking about games like necessarily like uh, King of Tokyo and Smash Up. Those are fun, and it, it might be a little harder to find the educational value in those. But I, I'm wondering if, if there's some games out there that maybe are some more number-based or geographical-based, um, other kind of strategy games that might really um, engage fourth graders and help them to get their wheels turning and processing and strategizing. Um, so I guess I'll pose that out there to Scott and Jeremiah, who are regular broadcasters on this, uh, on this uh, site, and also they are the founders of Theology of Games. Let's see what they have to say. And then to you as the listeners, uh, what are just some educational games in general that you feel like when you're done, gosh, I learned a lot through this game. I learned a lot about geography. I learned a lot about uh, managing money. I don't know, whatever the case may be. I'd love to hear what your favorite educational games are, if you can even think of them that way. I think we certainly can. So uh, call in, let me know what you think. And uh, that's it for now. As always, check us out at Theology of Games and our latest podcast, and we'll check you later. Hey there, everybody. This is AJ Skistad again. Um, I want to follow up on Jeremiah's original question this morning about uh, Kickstarter campaigns. I just did a broadcast on educational games. I did not see um, or hear the uh, Kickstarter question first. So I apologize, Jeremiah. Let me answer your Kickstarter question and uh, talk about games that we see and campaigns that are coming up that I'm I'm interested in or feeling like I should back. Number one, you guys all know uh, I back Thunderstone Quest. And that's not a campaign you can get in on anymore, but it is in the fulfillment process. It's a Kickstarter that I was really, really excited about, and I still am, should be coming to me at the end of February here. Um, is today February 1st, or is it still January? I don't even know anymore. Uh, what I'll say, though, is I'm really excited about that game, but I'm also excited about another game coming out called uh, Edge of Darkness, and I've talked about it in a previous broadcast, and I think, I think we might be hearing more about it today, but it's another game released by AEG that's going to hit this February, and um, 
It's got some um, card crafting in it, some cooperative play, some uncooperative play, and it's going to be really cool. I don't want to talk about it too much in case somebody else is going to talk about that today. I think Jeremiah might, um, but if, if in case he doesn't, I have talked about it in a previous broadcast. Another Kickstarter that I'm really excited about and anticipating is um, it is a campaign for Atlantis Rising, which is a relaunch of a game that was originally done by Z-Man, I think, and a new smaller publisher got a hold of it. Ah, I'm drawing a blank right now. They did a Kickstarter in the fall called End of the Trail, uh, I think. Mm, I wish I could remember what it's called. Um, in any case, be looking for Atlantis Rising. If you want a cooperative game where the water is rising and Atlantis is going under and you've got to do your best to survive, uh, check out uh, the campaign for Atlantis Rising. It should be hitting sometime this spring. And that's one that I'm going to keep my eyes peeled for and really excited about. So, Jeremiah, there you have it. Those are the games that I am looking forward to. Uh, Thunderstone Quest, Edge of Darkness, and Atlantis Rising. That's it for now. Check you later. Hey everyone, it's Firestone here with BoardGames.fm, powered by TheologyOfGames.com. So I'm diving in here on Jeremiah's Kickstarter question, and there are two current campaigns that are of interest to me that I think everyone should check out. One of them is by um, Daily Magic Games. It's uh, an expansion for Valeria Card Kingdoms. Now, Jeremiah and I have played this, and we both think it's Horrific. We haven't written a review yet for the website, but um, <clears throat> it's all ready to go, and we we think it's great. It has basically killed Machi Koro, at least for me. I think Jeremiah said that too. It's because it's very similar to Machi Koro, but it's more interesting. It's way more th thematic. This is about, uh, it's got a fantasy theme, and there are citizens in the town. It, it kind of takes place in that larger Valeria universe that Daily Magic is creating with all of their various games, Valeria games, but this one, you're rolling dice, and then depending on the citizens you have in front of you, they will go and uh, fight things, or go to a, and conquer a domain and give you victory points that way. There are tons of different ways to get victory points. And they have a campaign up right now on Kickstarter called Shadow Veil, and it includes new, a whole new set of monsters, a whole new set of citizens, new domains and then a new mechanism called relics and these are cards that come with the game and each person is given a different relic at the beginning of the game and it just gives them a special power which is great i love that kind of uh, variability and specialization special powers are super fun so you do need the uh, base game of valeria card kingdom kingdoms for this i can't remember if there was a tier that gave you both games but i would imagine there is but anyway, if you have played Valeria Card Kingdom or you like Machi Corn or maybe looking for something with a little bit more theme to it, check out Valeria Card Kingdom's Shadow Veil. It's the expansion for that game. The base game is super fun. Jeremiah and I both love it. And so this expansion sounds great to us. Then, another game that's uh, on Kickstarter currently, I think it launched yesterday, it's Endeavor by Burnt Island Games. This is a grail game for a lot of people because it came out a number of years ago and then it quickly went out of print. I have a copy, but I have not played it in years, unfortunately. And one of the reasons is because it can be hard to get to the table. And that's because it's really a game about colonialism, imperialism, 
it takes place um, mostly in other parts of the world and you are kind of a country that's expanding your kingdom and using various means to do, to do that war and um, uh, mechanism we'll talk about in a second but it's um, it's area control it's, it's really an engine building game you're trying to get super certain powers to allow you to do things efficiently and that's one of the reasons I was throwing me at the game every time I played is I was just not good at getting my engine going and then other people get these super sleek engines going and just crush me. But one of the reasons, and the main reason, that Endeavor was so controversial is because it included a mechanism for slavery. Now I want to say that it did not glorify that. It was simply acknowledging as a piece of historical game, gaming, that um, part of imperialism, part of colonialism at this time, was slave labor. And, you know, slavery is not something that has been um, only relegated to the United States. There's a huge um, slave market in the rest of the world before the United States was even a thing. And so this game kind of acknowledged that and used it. And if you chose, it certainly wasn't something that anyone had to choose. And I've seen games where nobody touched the slavery deck. But if you chose to pull from the slavery deck, and again, it was very abstracted. It wasn't like you were moving people from here to there. It was you pull, you draw cards from what was called a slavery deck. And it gave you good benefits, but you were always aware of what you were doing if you did it. And, and some people wouldn't touch it. Some people were like, yeah, I'm going to use that. And then there was a mechanism where if too many people did it or it got too far down, it would cause massive problems for you. And um, so in one of the games I played, a lady, that was her sole role, was to get it to that point and hurt everybody that, that hit slavery. So it's a little bit of a controversial game, but it's certainly one that doesn't shy away from the history of it. And it does not in any way glorify it. So check out Endeavor, check out Valeria Card Kingdom Shadowvale, and we will talk to you later. Bye!